Happy Monday, everyone. It is Felicia here again on another glorious Monday. Hope everyone's Thanksgiving was blessed. Mine was amazing. Um, everything turned out great. Didn't have company because of, um, you know, the the current pandemic situation, but God is still good. God is still faithful. It was a very peaceful um, experience, very different than the past, but um, learned a lot during that uh, time of just spending time alone in a spirit of thanksgiving, giving God all the praise, glory, and honor, looking at all the food that I created. And um, I certainly let the um, the spirit and the anointing of uh, greatness and creativity fall upon me during um, uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday of preparing the meal um, for myself. And then our family did a Zoom call where we did our prayer and we ate dinner together. And it was great. Everybody's food turned out great. I cooked everything under the sun and um, I have so many leftovers. I've been trying to get to the last of that food because nothing's going in the trash, nothing at all. But I did freeze most of it. And um, but I still do have a little bit of ham and turkey left in the refrigerator. Macaroni and cheese pan is gone. Um, the macaroni and cheese was absolutely delectable, to say the least. Uh, pies came out great. Pound cake was great. I made what I like to call I did something new. Um, I had some apples and I chopped them up because I thought I was going to do an apple pie, but I actually didn't. So on Friday, the day after Thanksgiving, I said, let me go ahead and chop up these apples. I had already had my sweet potato pie and my pound cake, but those apples were staring me down. They were sizing me up. So I chopped them up because I was afraid that they were going to do something to me if I didn't cook them. So I went ahead and chopped them up and I made what I call a frapple pie. <laughs> and I put some... Um, all kinds of stuff in it, caramel and um, powdered sugar. And I put ice cream and whipped cream on, on the top and it was melting. It was a la mode to say the least. It was great. So um, I've been in a spirit of worship. I hope, and by the way, I hope that everyone's Thanksgiving was well. I really, really, really was able to connect with God in a different way. And I say that very humbly and I say that very seriously at the same time. I'm very serious. Um, it wasn't just a Thanksgiving for me in the sense of just, you know, we do this every year. It's tradition. God is good. It was very intense and very intimate. I would say even starting that week of Thanksgiving, maybe that Monday up until now, I've just been soaking in the Lord. I've just been enjoying him. I've just been listening to him. I've just been understanding him in a different way. And he has shown himself in a different way. So we're going to get into some greatness today. We're going to get into some giant elements and giant principles in the word of God that are going to cause you to absolutely establish yourself as a child of God, as a business owner, as a wife, as a mother, as a husband, as a father, as a, a greatness giant. After you understand these principles that I'm offering today through the spirit of the Lord, this has come from a little bit of a, um, laboring in the word. I still am a little bit I'm still in a searching and seeking mode, but I'm gonna go ahead and try to lay the foundation of this word as great as possible um, in a spirit of greatness, shall I say, in all excellence. So bear with me and um, we're gonna touch a little bit on the things we discussed last week and the previous weeks, and then I'm gonna get right into the greatness because I wasted so much time last uh, Monday uh, with the recap and it was a great word. I went back and listened to it and I was tickled I tickled myself because it was so great. But then 
I, you know, get, I get still before the Lord a lot and I get, and I'm grateful that I'm in a position that I'm in to, to spend time with him like I do. But, um, I get still. And when I get still, he speaks and he ministers to me. And, um, I mean, he's been doing some stuff even this weekend and on Saturday, just like, you know, normally on a Saturday he showed up and I mean, it was just amazing. It's been amazing. So hopefully I'm going to, um, deliver some things. So just bear with me today. We're going to be talking about building and breathing, building and breathing. Last week, we talked about building the vision, how God will reveal himself to you. The revelation itself is sight, whether it's through hearing, it's still sight because you have, you're grasping or trying to grasp an understanding of, of what the Lord is portraying. You have a glory or element of perception. So I'm this, um, what I'm sharing today is going to be a little, um, it's definitely going to be weighty. So I'm going to just be patient with me. I'm going to try to break it down as much as I possibly can so that you can get the full gist of it and receive the power in it, receive the principle in it and receive the purpose in it. Remember, I discussed that there's always a purpose for your vision. There's always a principle for your vision. There's always a power for your vision. And we're going to talk about that. We're going to get into that. We're going to break it down because this word is so good. So as we all have come into the body of Christ, we have understood that God is the chief cornerstone that we need to build in him a foundation, a foundation of salvation, a foundation of deliverance. Now we're talking about the foundation of greatness. So after you understand that God is your saving grace, after you understand that in him is all power, all might, all glory, all deliverance, it is then on you to operate in a spirit of greater, greater works, greater than the next level. Behold, I will do a new thing. Behold, it shall spring forth newness, newness, newness. How does that newness come? Okay, we're gonna break that down, but let's recap a little bit about last week to lay a foundation so we understand what we're getting into. Last week, we discussed the three most important elements of building your vision. Identity, well, we tried to at least. We got through maybe number one and a little bit of number two. And we did not get to number three, but number one was identity, understanding your identity. I talked about how Elijah had to go show himself to Ahab before that rain came. He had to go show himself strong, show himself as the servant, as the prophet of God. He could not be afraid of what they would do because he was the prophet in the land sent by God with the word from God to establish a new economic structure sent by God with the word from God to uh, establish an economic structure sent by God. If that's the purpose, why you're sent, what is God doing in your life to make you great? What is he sending you to do overall? What is he sending you to do right now in this season? If he's not sending you to do anything, if he's not sending you to pray, to intercede, if he's not sending you to to um, start a business, to start a ministry, to, you know, discover your um, anointing in, in realms of healing, in realms of deliverance. If there is no word over your life, you are in deep trouble because the word of God was came, was dwelt among flesh. Uh, it came the word of God in the beginning was the word of God and the word was made flesh and dwelt among men. So if the word is not tangible in your life, then there's some kind of blockage there and you cannot attain greatness without the word being accessible. There are people that do try to attempt to get to greatness without the word of God. But as a believer, you will not be able to do that because God has a purpose. He has a principle. He has a power. 
for your vision. And if you try to do it outside of him, if you try to do it without him, you'll be starting over and starting over and starting over. So the purpose of this teaching, like we discussed last week, is to build upon the foundation, Jesus as the chief cornerstone. And this word is going to be good. I mean, I am excited. Somebody say greatness. Greatness is coming. Okay. So we discussed Elijah, his identity, him going to show us up before Ahab. Elijah even then got scared and he ran. He backslid a little bit until the angels came and ministered to him and told him to go back. He saw many visions. He saw the hand coming out. He saw the rain. He saw this. He saw that. He saw great outpour. I mean, he saw greatness. He initiated greatness. He institutionalized greatness. He established the greatness. And um, I'm not going to go backwards into that too much, but I talked about how the number two represents impartation. The number three always represents establishment. So him and Elijah established an impartation anointing of releasing mantles, of releasing the outpouring anointing, the outpouring anointing. So to be able to, to hold that anointing, you have to have a purpose. You're not holding an, an anointing to cause it to stop raining and to cause it to rain, which we can do that in the spirit of God. As far as the Holy Spirit is concerned, we are always in a position to receive the spirit of God and to outpour that cycle, that regenerative cycle, that cycle of resurrection and, 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 um, restoration uh, and resurrection is always within us. It's always within us because the spirit of the Lord falls. And then we somehow take that same anointing or that same experience and we give it back into the earth or we give it back into God through worship, praise, or, or anything that, you know, that he asked us to do. So we have to always understand that there's always a cycle of rain coming through a vision for a purpose. Never get into the spirit of God, never get into the, the realm of, of the anointing without there being a purpose, because you can get into so much trouble trying to understand in the, in the feel good part of the Lord without pursuing a purpose. It's just like being married and you're spending time with your spouse, spending time with your spouse. But when it comes time for them, when they need something, you can never fulfill that need. You can never help them with this. You never want to help them in the yard. You never want to, you just like being with them, but you don't like fulfilling the necessities to keep that household in order. Somebody understands that. Okay. So governing, amen, praise the Lord. And the governing was number two, the governing anointing when God sent Elijah to, um, start the process of having the rain to be released to reinstitute an economic breakthrough because there was a famine for three years there was no rain so they had no goods they had no currency they had no economic power they were barren in a sense so god is sending elijah to reinitiate this particular process but he runs into obadiah obadiah who was the governor of the king of ahab he runs everything so i talked about identity is the number one thing to establishing or building your vision then number two you have to understand that word that's going to govern your life for that season. In that particular season, it was rain. But if you would go down a little further, there's in another season, a word, the word governing um, the life of Elijah could have been impartation because remember he was caught up. It could have been chariot. It could have been fire. Whatever that word is for that season, that's the thing that you hold on to. For instance, in my life, the governing word over my life is vision for this particular moment, for this particular season. But I understand why, because I have to lay a foundation personally for me within my dealings, my business, my ministry, so that there's a, a glory and a, a responsibility of impartation as, as it boils down to me. So in obedience, you obey the word that's on your life for that season. Some people it's prayer. Some people it's fasting for that season. You need to fast for that season. You need to pray. 
Whatever the word is for your season, that's the vision God has given you. That's the thing that you build upon. You build upon the vision that God has given you for a season. The visions change. The visions don't stay the same. They don't stay the same. My vision may change around the new year. It might change around my birthday. We don't know. But God will speak a word in season and he'll tell you, okay, now shift here, shift this way. The climate will change. The word of the Lord over your life will change. It will be elevated. It will grow, um, you know, and, and God he'll send his angels and, and show you which way to go in. But you first start with the vision. And another thing I'm going to speak on is the angelic visitation and the angelic presences always accompany a vision. They do not walk or move blindly. So if you're having an angelic, um, experience or you seek an angelic experience, if God has shown you the vision and you grasp and understand the vision, the angels will confirm it. He asked Jeremiah, what do you see? Jeremiah said, I see an almond tree. He said, okay, you've seen well. So when you see well, you grasp well, you move well, you move into the direction that you need to go into. And we talked about that last week, how the movement is a necessity, forward motion, mobility. It's absolutely an, um, a necessity. And we're going to get into that. It's essential. We're going to get into that. We're going to get into that right now. So number three, number one was identity. Number two was the governing word over your life that you need to take heed to in order for the vision to be made manifest. Number three is the big picture. We did not talk on that. We're going to pivot just a little bit to impart the glories of Ezekiel. Last week, we talked so much about Elijah. We didn't get much into Ezekiel, but I'm going to shift for number three. And as we discuss the big picture, and this is where it's going to become a very, it's going to become a very, what's the word should I use? It's going to be a great word. It's going to be a word of greatness, but I need you to really open your eyes and really Ask the Lord to give you an understanding because we're shifting from one glory, Elijah's glory of impartation to his glory was to establish his purpose was to establish economic newness. Ezekiel, we're shifting into his purpose, his glory, which is to establish resurrection resurrection, which comes with newness. Jesus was resurrected, but there was a resurrection anointing before Jesus was born. How many know that there was a glory of resurrection before Jesus was born? We're going to get into that. It's so good. I can taste it. Okay. So we're going to pivot just a little, talk about the glories of Ezekiel, his mandate, talk a little bit more in depth about building in the spirit, which you're going to talk about building and breathing, building and breathing. So of course, all of my people that read their word know if I'm talking about building and breathing, I'm talking about Ezekiel chapter 37. It says, so as I prophesy, as he commanded me, the breath came into them and they live and they stood up upon their feet in exceeding great army. Ezekiel 37 and 10 says, so as I prophesied, as he commanded me, the breath came into them and they lived and they stood up upon their feet an exceeding great army. Now it's so wonderful. I was in the presence of the Lord this morning as I was uh, reviewing some of my notes here and um, the Lord just revealed himself in such a loving and powerful way. And um, he showed me how he's the core of his being. The core of who he is, is love. The person of who Jesus is, is love. Point blank period. How he distributes his love is the foundation of what you build in your life to become pleasing, acceptable, holy in his sight. 
So he has love. He'll say, okay, Shirley, I love you. I'm going to give you this gift and show you this vision to fulfill the necessity of this gift. And you build upon that. Felicia, I'm going to give you this gift. I'm going to show you the vision and you're going to build upon that in that way. But then the power, he is the most powerful and anointed being ever created because he comes in power through love. Love, the greatest of these is love. Faith, hope, love, the greatest is love. But in that love is a power. See, the power that we try to utilize or that the people or worldly people try to utilize or evil people try to utilize is different. The reason that God's power trumps every other power is because his comes from a place of love. When God says, I'm giving you deliverance, it's coming from love. It is done. You don't have to worry. That love is going to change your life and you're, it's going to be shed abroad in your heart in the name of Jesus. When God says, I'm breaking the back of poverty in your life, that power to break that spell, to break that curse is coming from a place of love. So God moves in love. In him, we live, move, and have our being. That power comes from a place of love. But he showed me that how it's never to harm. You you have to grasp hold of that power in Jesus to be able to move, shift, build, anoint, operate, function in the kingdom of God. But it has to come from a place of love. So he showed me as he showed Ezekiel a valley of bones. In this valley of bones, he desired to design a structure of newness. I was just talking about newness earlier. Newness is a glory all by itself. I'm going to prove it. It's a surprising virtue of your vision. Behold, I will do a new thing. The structure of newness, when you begin to build, it's a surprising virtue. You're not going to understand or know it. He's going to show it to you. And if you don't say, oh my God, Lord, this is what you're doing in my life. You have missed out. You need to go back into the prayer closet because in this season, everybody needs to have a behold moment. Oh my God, Lord, this is what you're doing in my life moment. If you don't have that, then the vision has not yet been revealed. And there's other things going on with your life that you need to pray and ask God about because Ezekiel said, and behold, I saw the bones and they were many. He saw thousands of bones, but they weren't where they go. The hand bone wasn't with the wrist bone. The wrist bone wasn't with the elbow bone. The elbow bone was over there with the ear bone. The ear bone was over there with the pinky toe bone. They were scattered abroad. So God says, the reason that we're discussing Ezekiel today is because we need to pull from lost and scattered places things within ourselves that God says, I'm going to put the anointing on it. I'm going to resurrect it. It will stand before me in exceeding great army in the name of Jesus. So let's get into it. So bone, what does the word bone mean when he said prophesy to these bones? He's designing a structure through the spirit of love. It's going to be a surprising virtue of vision. Each vision that God gives has a realm of purpose, a principle, a power. We're going to discuss those things as it pertains to Elijah because Elijah was the man of vision. He had so many visions, visions in the book. I mean, I, the, the Valley of Bones is maybe the most popular one, but there were so many. There were He had so many for different purposes. His prophetic 
gifting was the one where he reenacts everything that the Lord tells him. So whatever he saw, there was no act. There wasn't a, an actual mantle impartation like there was with uh, Elijah, but there was a dispensation. So Elijah had the anointing of impartation. Elijah, here you go. Take this mantle and do greater work. He was reenacting um, beforehand the glory that would later come with Jesus and John the Baptist, how they handed the baton one to another to fulfill the kingdom of Christ. And so, but Ezekiel's anointing is a dispensation. So now God is saying we're in a dispensation of causing those things that are dry, that are dead, that are scattered abroad to come together. Not only are they coming together, but they're going to stand up. They're going to breathe. They're going to be an exceeding great army. So each vision has a realm of purpose, a realm, and the realm just means opportunity. Anything Anytime God is dealing with you about a realm, anytime you hear the word realm, anytime you see the word realm, always remember opportunity. You can use it and inter interchange it with the word opportunity. So each vision has a realm or opportunity for purpose, principle, and power. There are no spiritual realms without purpose, principle, or power. God would be a joke if there wasn't. Every spiritual entrance, even Paul talks about, he ministered, he gave me an entrance. I got an entrance to minister. He was in a realm, entrance, opportunity, access, realm to minister. That is when you know the spirit of the Lord is upon you for a purpose, principle, or power. But he said, behold, in Ezekiel chapter 37, as he was looking unto these bones, he said the word behold seven times. Seven times he used the word behold in Ezekiel 37 because he's completing and perfecting his vision. He's completing and perfecting. Behold, behold means to grasp really tight, to see really closely, to express a surprise in what you're seeing. So he was surprised in what he was seeing. Seven times he completed that vision. Seven times he perfected what he was seeing. Imagine God telling you to prophesy to something dead, but you can't see it. Imagine God telling you to prophesy to that old business, but you can't see it. Imagine God telling you to resurrect an old relationship that you thought was dead and gone, but God says for the glory of the kingdom, you have to prophesy healing to that relationship, but you can't see it. So you're gonna miss out on all the blessings of being blessed through that word. The word causes us to see. I talked about that last week, how the word can be a vision. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 15 that the word of the Lord came unto Abraham in a vision. The first time the word vision was used was through the word. The word came through a vision. So God uses the power of prophecy to command things to move according to his word. That's why the governing principle will not work in your life if you don't have that word, because who's going to obey the rule, the decree, the declaration? Who's going to obey it if there's no word on it? We don't have to listen to anything that's not the word of the Lord. So you have to have that word to make things back up, to make things move, to make things shift. Then the Bible says that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. How are you going to get people to bow to your God, to bow to your anointing, to bow to what God is doing in your life and make way for the King of Kings that the glory of the Lord might be fulfilled on earth as it is in heaven. If you have no word over your life, that word has to penetrate. That word has to pierce. The Bible says that the word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two impartation, two edged sword. So two, we're going to impart the word of God so that we can reap the benefits of its power in the name of Jesus 
for this vision because the vision has to have power. Understand, God is moving in a realm, opportunities of purpose, principle, and power. That's what he's releasing. So let's get into it a little bit more. We're almost out of time and I haven't even scratched the surface. <laughs> oh God. Okay, so uh, he prophesied and he told them to stand an exceeding great army. He said, I prophesied as I was commanded, as he commanded me. And the breath came into them and they lived and they stood up upon their feet an exceeding great army. So when you begin to build... There are four major dimensions when building. You have the bone, you have the sinews, you have the flesh, you have the skin. I'm gonna get through this pretty quickly. So when you're building in God, let's say you don't have a business, you don't want a business, you don't want to, you don't operate a business like me. The bone is very important to me because I operate businesses. So I don't start these businesses the way that I want to do it. I pray, I say, Lord, how do we do this? Are we setting up an incorporation? Are we are we nonprofit? Are we do and I and I build according to how the Lord leads me because there's so many different ways to attract economic value through your business for the kingdom, through the kingdom, for the kingdom to be fulfilled. But if you don't have the structure that God has ordained, you will not reap the benefits. So the bone is the foundation. I have a magazine company. I have four, five, six, seven. It's growing, growing different magazine companies. Dallas boss, Houston boss, Atlanta boss, Chicago, Los Angeles, the list goes on and on. They call the layout of the magazine, the bones. They call the layout of the magazine, the bones. It's just like the bones in our body so that you know, okay, I have a fashion department. I have a finance department. You know the structure of that magazine so that when people begin to buy advertisements, they pay for paper space in that magazine. They pay for space on the website. So when they begin to pay, you know, okay, I got a spot for six in, in the bones of the fashion, the bones of health. I have six spots available and so on and so forth. So every foundation has to have a structure. Some people say, I'm in, I'm I'm saved. I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. I don't have a foundation for anything. If you do not have a structure for anything, I guarantee you're not doing anything for the Lord. It's impossible. If you can't look at me and tell me my structure is X, Y, Z, and then we're going to build here and then we're going to do this. You're not operating in a vision. You're just saved and sanctified. But when it comes to greatness, you cannot get that. Remember what I talked about last week? You'll be in the regular section. You don't want to be in the regular section. You had Mary and Martha, two people impartation. The number two means impartation. So whenever you see the number two, God is imparting a serious message. You had two sisters. One wanted to be regular and clean up, but one wanted to minister to Jesus. So which one do you want to be? Do you want to have the vision of Christ in front of you and minister to it? Do you want to minister to the vision that God has given you? Or do you want to clean up and be regular like Martha? It's just that simple. And so, um, he was telling me even, even more about impartation, but we're going to have to get into that next week because we are running out of time and I can't believe it. You have the four structure. I mean, you have the four dimensions of building. You have the bone foundational principles. It means to bind fast. It means to be great, powerful, numerous, increased, mighty in war to become strong. It's mentioned eight times in the chapter signifying newness. So in the book of Ezekiel, in chapter 37, when he's telling, when he's commanding, and that's another thing, he commanded, he commanded, he commanded. When he commanded the bones to come to life, he mentioned the word bones eight times in that chapter. That means we're establishing something new. Like I said, this is a new dispensation. It's a new purpose. It's a new anointing. Anointing just means purpose. Anytime you're thinking about an anointing, anytime you're like, where's the anointing? Where's the anointing? 
if the anointing is void, if the anointing is not present because the purpose is not there or the purpose is not aligned with the will of God. Anointing just means purpose. Don't, it's not this big mystical thing where there's a purpose, there's an anointing. There was a purpose for King David. He was anointed. There was a purpose for Saul. He was anointed King. Whenever there is a purpose, there's an anointing. So if the anointing's not there, there's no purpose for it. Okay. So the bones, they are a newness structure to begin building. Yours could be to have a nursing home, yours could be to raise your grandchildren, but every purpose, no matter the scale or the size, it's significant in the eyes of God because it's fulfilling the purposes of God. Therefore, the anointing is released onto that um, structure. I cannot even get into the best part of this, but um, let's just try to get into it really quickly. And Luke, we're going to go to the New, New Testament and Luke chapter nine, verse 28, it says it came to pass eight days after these sayings, eight days later, he took Peter, John, and James, three people. That means establishment. Three always means he's establishing a dispensation. They went up into a mountain to pray. As he prayed, the fashion of his countenance was altered. His raiment was white and glistening. And behold, newness. There talked with him two men, two meaning impartation. Moses and Elijah are there with Jesus and the three apostles who appeared in glory. They spake of his decease. They spake of Jesus dying. You got two dead people talking to a man that's about to die. You got Moses is dead. Elijah's gone. You have a man that died. We know that Moses died. The Bible says he died. You have Elijah who was caught up. So those are two anointings speaking to the man that's going to be resurrected. So the three come together to establish a dispensation of resurrection, which carries deliverance and greatness that comes from Moses. Moses represents deliverance and greatness. Then you have Elijah there who represents, what did I say earlier? A dimension of impartation and economic structure. They're bringing together. They sitting up talking with Jesus about he's about to die. They're like, okay, I'm going to give you this power, Jesus. When you come back, you're going to have to give, you're going to do this and that. And you're going to release it through the Holy Spirit. Then they went back and they left. I'm going to tell you how I know that this is true. Remember I told you God will come to build. He'll come to build. Peter looked at them and said, Lord, let me build three temples. One for Moses, one for Elijah, one for you. As Peter was saying this, 